and welcome back to Art Supply Insiders. My name is Jeff Morrow, and today we have the fortunate opportunity to talk to Judy Rybitsky, Business Operations Manager, and Dan Justice, Technical Product Manager. Judy, Dan, how are you both doing today? I'm good. I'm good. We're here in Oregon, and it's raining and the wind's blowing. I was going to say, the weather has got to be wet. (laughs) Well, we just finished April with the largest um, record rainfall ever recorded for Portland. So um, it was a wet April. I'm ready for some sunshine so I can get out and plant my garden. So tell me a little bit about M. Graham. What is M. Graham and what is it that you guys do? Um, Well, Art Graham was raised in Staten Island, New York, and he attended the Parsons School of Design in New York um, to study graphic design and painting, and then went on to graduate from the Cooper Union um, in New York City. He returned to Parsons as an instructor, where he taught painting from 1975 to 1981, while showing his own artwork in the Soho District. Employed first in the laboratory of M. Grombacher, making, testing, and developing art materials from 1970 to 1978. He then moved to the position of product manager and eventually became their director of marketing. With his extensive background in art materials and color making, Art and his wife, Diana, more than um, 20 years in the art industry himself, founded M. Graham and Company on December 23rd, 1992. And he wanted to create an artist color line that reflected the quality and value that they sought personally as artists. Um, After building M. Graham into the internationally recognized brand that it is today, in 2016, Art and Diana decided they wanted to spend more time painting and traveling. And at that time, Cork and Jackie Selinski bought M. Graham. Cork had been in the art industry his entire career at a distributor and manufacturer of art supplies. And he worked closely with Art and Diana since the founding of M. Graham. So while the ownership of the company has changed, the mission has not. The paint is still made the exact same way by the exact same people it always has. Tell me why the M. Graham paints differ from other paints out there. You know, I can jump in, you know, Jeff. Um, the main thing is, is Art, one of his, his main concerns was getting away from using solvents in for so many painters. And by solvents, I mean paint thinner, mineral spirits, um, you know, odorless thinners, turpentines, because they basically are all carcinogens. And he did that over 30 years ago. It still amazes me that he knew the danger of those products then. And so what he did is he formulated a, a paint line that differs from the majority of manufacturers out there. He uses walnut oil as his oil to grind his pigments in. And Walno has some really unique attributes. Um, the first one is it's there's you don't see the yellowing that you see from linseed-based paints, and especially your whites, blues, and yellows. And so he used that. It dries a little slower, which is great for oil painters. Um, we say 20, 25%, you know, uh, slower, but depends on environmental factors and paint film thickness. 
Um, and then walnut oil itself has a unique refractive index. And so those three or four things there are, are what's really, I think, differentiates our product from, from others is it's a great oil. You can get a little bit more pigment in it. Um, and then the solvent free ability, it's not, it's not a water soluble paint, but you can clean your brushes and get away from that tub of solvent sitting on your desk or your, your workstation and not breathing those fumes and, and causing you any kind of health problems or, you know, your environment. So there's a way of doing that. And we'll, we'll touch on how to do that brush cleaning thing as we go along, if you'd like. Yeah, I think that's great. Tell me a little bit about why walnut oil. Do you, do you have any idea why he chose that particular oil? Absolutely. Judy, do you want to jump in or do you want me to? So um, like Dan said, walnut oil doesn't yellow nearly as much as other oils. And um, that's important in your whites, your blues, your yellows, and it dries a bit slower. Um, but um, he did it for the um, unique refractive index and the colors that are ground in this oil um, are more jewel-like and brighter and cleaner. And using walnut oil allows us to increase the amount of pigment um, in each of the colors. Now, you said something there. I'm not sure my audience is going to understand completely, or some of them, refractive index. What is a refractive index? You know, I think the, the easiest way to, to, to explain that is the way the light passes through the the pigment. So let's say you're an oil painter, Jeff. Um, if you've got an opaque paint down as at one layer and you have either a transparent or semi-transparent color on top of that, it's the way the light passes through those upper layers and bounces back. That's ref the refractive part of it. It's okay. In the end, it's probably the one or two things that people don't think about our paint as much. Mainly, it's the walnut oil non-yellowing factor. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw in a little, a quick little deal is I was in a little town called Arezzo in Italy all oh, four years ago. And Art always talked about an artist by the name of Vasari. And my wife and I were basically lost in this little town. And we're standing here looking at the 77th church that we'd seen and went, well, that's kind of neat. <laughs> and we turned around and here's Vasari's museum. And I went, oh, boy. So in we go. And, you know, he painted a long, 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 long time ago. And, you know, I can be a little skeptical of whether I believed all this stuff or not, but those yellows and blues and whites, Jeff, were just brilliant. Um, and so it really made me even more of a believer than I was. Um, so those are some of the things that really make us different. So is there any kind of special ventilation that you need for your products? Well, the ventilation problems were because of solvents. And in colleges, especially in universities, it's why a lot of paint manufacturers came up with the water-soluble oils, because they didn't have to invest not only in huge ventilation systems and that cost, but also the disposal system. So um, with Art's product, and that's why it still, again, amazes me that he knew this. And so the majority of the solvent use is in cleaning brushes. And so you got the tub of solvent sitting there, you're swishing your brush around, changing colors. You can no, you no, no longer have to do that because you can clean your brushes with oil. And 
Walnut oil is obviously what we we recommend, but it's totally our, – our walnut oil is a food-grade walnut oil. It's a salad oil, basically. Um, it is an artist drying oil, like linseed has to be, safflower, sunflower, poppy seed. So the secret is, is if you wash your brushes um, or clean your brushes with walnut oil, it doesn't dissolve it. It's totally toxic-free and – We'll demonstrate how to clean a brush, you know, as we get into a couple of these things. It's really simple, better for your brushes, obviously safe for you and your pets and your environment. It's uh, it's a really neat way to do it. So you said that your walnut oil is food grade. I mean, could you actually use it in food? Yeah. So, yes, our walnut oil is food grade walnut oil, but we do not recommend that you cook with it or eat with it because we do not package to food safety standards whole different set of rules and regulations there. Um, We also don't recommend that you use store-bought walnut oil to mix in with your paint. Um, Food-grade oil contains preservatives, and those preservatives will affect how the oil paint um, dries and potentially not allow it to dry at all. Um, So um, we were doing a presentation, Dan and I were doing a presentation to an instructor and his class. And we were talking about walnut oil and this exact same topic when he spoke up and says, well, I got to tell you my walnut oil story. He said when he first started using walnut oil, he went to the grocery store and bought walnut oil because he said, well, I'll just save myself some money. So he used that to do this painting. And two and a half years later, that painting was still not dry. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So... And it was important for his brother. So, yeah, he could track it. It didn't, it, it didn't work so well. So, for, you know, for example, um, you don't want to use canola oil, you know, to clean brushes. You don't want to use vegetable oils off the shelf in the, in the store. You have to use a food grade, um, not a food grade, but an artist drying oil. Be, and, and that can be linseed. It can be walnut oil, which we, we use poppy seed, safflower, because those oils have to dry. And if you use the canola oil off the shelf in the grocery store, you could have a place in your painting that just won't dry. So you, you talked about uh, how, how long does it take for an oil painting to dry using walnut oil? You know, Jeff, that's one of the, the amazing questions we get is people will either call me or they'll email Judy and say, how long does it take your, your paint to dry? There are a number of different factors that really um, that affect that. One is humidity. Um, the other is the is is paint film thickness. You can imagine being in Arizona in the summertime, opposed to right now where the wind's blowing and it's raining, and the humidity here in Oregon's probably in the 80s. It it's it's an exact it's inexact science. It, it really varies. But most of the people we deal with say that oil paintings and it's really curing instead of drying, but you know, that's semantics. Um, but they say sometimes six to 12 months to get them actually completely cured. I've talked to people that said they painted yesterday and their, their oil painting to them is dry the next day. It kind of depends on a lot of factors. So there isn't an exact answer. I wish there were, it'd be really nice to say, okay, you know, 24 hours is done. So, but it does make a difference in how, that paint is the environmental factor. Um, and, and 
a lot of the other question is how soon can I varnish my oil painting? And again, like Dan mentioned, it's six to 12 months, um, you know, to you that you need to allow the, the paint film to cure or dry. And then we recommend doing a spray varnish in um, lots of um, very thin layers. Um, but if you put varnish on an oil paint before it's fully cured, it's actually going to impede the oxidation process and result in failure and cracking down the road. Yeah, I guess it really makes a difference whether you're painting with a brush or a palette knife, because a palette knife, you can leave it on real thick and that could take exactly. forever, right? Exactly. And, you know, and some of those paintings can get multiple layers and super thick paint. And then, you know, we recommend, you know, even waiting longer than 12 months to, to varnish a painting. So, you know, it, there's just so many factors that go into that that you can't say in 33 days or 76 days, you know? Yep. Well, the old adage is you want acrylic paint to, to, to dry slower and you want oil paint to dry faster. It's in, especially in our world today where, well, I'm a very patient person, but um, a, lot, <laughs> but a lot of people aren't, they want that thing done right now. And it's, it's hard for us because we want, you know, our, our customers out there, we want to be able to tell them the truth, but the truth is the drying time varies. It just does. Makes perfect sense. So uh, let's talk about one of the techniques that you use in, in oil painting glazing. Um, should you use walnut oil or should you use something else for glazing? Okay. So glazing is generally when an opaque color is laid down first and then a transparent or semi-transparent color is laid over the top. And, um, and, to help with that, you can use either walnut alkyd or the walnut oil to mix with your color when glazing. Um, however, there are a couple of things to, to keep in mind. Um, if you use too much walnut alkyd, um, your paint can become sticky and will not dry. So it really depends a lot on your technique and what the effect is that you're trying to get in your overall painting. But generally, we recommend adding the walnut oil um, to your paint because you can actually add more of the oil without running into that um, um, stickiness issue. Walnut oil is not a thinner, um, but when it's added to the paint, it makes the paint um, creamier and flows smoother. Got it. So what is the difference between walnut oil and walnut alkyd? How do you pronounce that again? It's walnut alkyd. Alkyd. So what is alkyd? Well, in this particular case, there, there are actually alkyd paints out there. This is a different thing. And, and this is a really important issue because when Art wanted to build a solvent-free process to paint with, there are so many dryers out there on the market that in, you know, enhance drying time or curing time. You know, there's, there's cobalt dryer, there's Japan dryer, there's Liquin, there's Galkid, there's uh, a number of others that, but he wanted a drying medium that didn't have any solvents in it. So he uses an alcohol-based resin and walnut oil that also achieves, it increases the drying. Now I need to throw this in or Judy's going to get me, is you don't use a lot of that alkyd medium. You just don't. It's a small amount. We say if you've got an inch of paint out of your tube, you want to use one to three drops maximum because 
it, and it's an interesting chemical reaction. It actually does become sticky. You might see some beatings and you'll know. I mean, you, you really will. Will it dry eventually? Yes, but it'll take a long time. And so, again, you're getting away from using solvents. And that's that the real the real advantage to the alkyd medium, the walnut alkyd medium, is adhesion. It really helps with adhesion between your paint film and the surface you're painting on. And then also between each subsequent layer of paint, if you add it to the paint and it's made to mix with the paint, it's not a varnish, it will help tie those layers and that thing together. And what and the way Art Graham has told me, he said, then what that really means is your painting is just more durable. It's just tougher. Surface film, the whole thing ties together. So is there a shelf life to, to, to your paint? Well, you know, last week I got a call from a guy named Michael in Arizona, and he was asking about, um, I'll use the medium first. He says, um, how long does this stuff last? And I said, well, what are we talking about? And he said, well, I just got a bottle out of a, a building that I had. I had it stored for 10 years. And he said, and it's a metal building in Arizona. And he said, it's two different colors. One layer is kind of a white, milky-looking thing, and the other one is a little different. And I said, you know, if I were you, Michael, I'd invest in another four-ounce bottle of Alkyd Medium. Um, and Judy had a great way of saying this, is if you were going to bake a cake and you pulled out your cooking oil and it was 10 years old stored in a metal building in Arizona, yeah, you could use it, but, you know, not a good idea. Um, refreshing it. But if if it's stored correctly, it'll last for years and years and years. It really will. But keep in mind, it's it's a you know it's a natural ingredient, and we don't put any preservatives in it. So um, it ultimately you know does have a shelf life, but with proper storage and you know it can last a long time. We just you know you can't have it sitting on a shelf next to say your your window where it gets direct sunlight or gets you know hot because that will. You know, just like with any oil, it's going to shorten its its lifespan. Got it. So we talked earlier about cleaning brushes. How do you clean a brush with walnut oil? It's actually, I, I did this because when I first started with Graham over 30 years ago, I was hearing this and I've always been, a, you know, clean up a solvent. So I took Cad Red Deep and Titanium White and on one brush and and you don't want obviously if you if you want that brush to be cleaner, but the the sequence is have a container of of walnut oil. Take your brush. Um, here's your brush. Wipe out paper towel rag. Go into this container, and walnut oil doesn't dissolve paint. It sloughs it off. So you wipe it off. Go into that container. We really like a product called the silicone jar, and you may have seen them. They've got a wire, an armature wire in the bottom, and it gives you something to rub that brush on. And what it does, it just helps slough that paint off. You bring it out, wipe it again. You might have to do it two or three times, depending on, on, on brush size and paint load, and off you go. And here's, we need to say this too, because it's a drying oil. So when you're done, if you're going to put those brushes away, not for the next day, but say you're going to stop for a week or so, you want to wash them out with soap and water, Dawn soap, Murphy's oil soap, pink soap, any of the brush cleaners, Masterson stuff that's out there, whatever it is, 
and people go, how do you do that? And I, I use this terrible analogy. If you've ever fried bacon in a frying pan, how do you get the oil out of the pan? Soap and water. And the walnut oil also is a lot nicer to your brushes, whereas solvents are really hard on not only natural bristles, but either the nylon or polyester synthetic brushes. Um, so your brushes are probably going to last you longer depending on how hard you scrub them. But um, it's better for that. There's no toxicity and uh, you're off and running. So tell me about the the pigmentation in your oil paints. Are your oil paints highly pigmented? Um, I, I've seen something that says that, that artists are talking about that has a finer pigment. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we use the same pigments across all of our paint lines. So uh, an example would be Namphal Red Gouache will have the same pigment in our watercolor oil acrylic. Um, one of the artists we work closely with, when she goes out in the field, she does um, her sketches out in the field in gouache and then goes back into her studio and uses either oil or acrylic. But she knows that if she's using, you know, the Namphal Red or or ultramarine blue, regardless of the, if it's gouache or watercolor or acrylic, it's going to be the same color. Um, and you're right that some people have commented that our paints have, um, are like a finer pigment or flow smoother. Um, and the reason for this is that some pigments are available in different particle sizes. Um, so we could be starting out with a smaller particle size. Um, plus, the mixing and milling process can have a significant impact on this. Every color has its own unique recipe for mixing and milling. So one color might be mixed for 15 minutes, makes two passes on the roller, and it's done. Another color could be mixed, passed through the rollers once, um, back into the mixer, back onto the rollers two or three more times, um, we got another color that um, actually takes a full eight hour shift to mill. Um, so the rollers can be set at um, different speeds on different pressures. Plus, we don't add any fillers or bulking agents to our paint. And, um, and you know, with all acquisitions and mergers um, that have occurred in the recent years, brands can be um bought by bigger and larger companies. And in some of those acquisition processes, some of the hands-on approaches can be lost and batch sizes increased. Um, we know of one brand that makes their paint in one facility, puts it in big drums and treks it over to another facility to be tubed. We do all the milling and the mixing and the filling and the labeling and the shipping everything out of our factory. Wow. So here's a question that, that I, I've heard asked by the people that oil paint is, let's just say that they've been using some brand, X brand, and they're used, using ultramarine blue. And then they go to use your ultramarine blue, and they just don't look the same. Why? We are often asked, why does our color not look the same as brand X. We had one person um, actually tell Dan that we were making our cadmium red wrong because it simply looked different. Um, there can definitely be different co or color variations from one manufacturer to another brand. 
um, we could be using a different pigment source. And then the formulation and recipe of the color definitely will have an impact on how that, that color turns out. Plus manufacturers um, use their own unique names. Um, there's no official list of color names that you have to use. Um, as example, many brands will offer a Venetian red, which is very similar to our Terra Rosa. So some colors use industry standard names. An example of that would be ultramarine blue. And then some colors are proprietary names. And an example of that for us would be green earth. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of we've had this question um, with brushes where end users will say, well, geez, brush from one manufacturer to brush from another manufacturer is it's not the same. You know, a number six filbert from somebody can look totally different from a number six filbert from someone else. And it's that way with colors in, 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 in our industry. There just really isn't any set standards that everyone must follow. It's just kind of like everyone does their thing the best way they can. Is that is that kind of accurate? That is very accurate, Jeff. Yes, very. Yeah. So um, now, I, I, one thing that is 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 just really kind of come uh, very loud in, in this is the, your commitment to the environment. Can you tell me just a little bit of about that commitment and uh, why it's so important to you? Um, it goes back to the original mission statement of our company, and that is that we believe that every artist deserves the finest color. And um, we live up to that um, every single day. Um, we the, the choices that we make from using wallet oil to um, quality pigments to the time that we put in to mix and mill each individual color and not try to force the same milling time for each color because each pigment needs, you know, a certain amount of milling time to, to make the color that we want to make. Um, we're, you know, our oil paint is solvent free, but so is our manufacturing and cleaning processes. Um, we use wallet oil and non-toxic soaps to clean our wash or to clean our rollers and mills and equipment. Um, we use, um, we reuse the backing material from our labels to, for our packing material, instead of going out and buying packing peanuts or buying new packing material. So we try to reuse everything within our, um, factory that we can. Our wastewater, when we, um, have to clean our equipment, um, it's self-contained. And so we reuse the water over and over and over again. And then we have a company come in and take that water and um, treat it and clean it before it's, you know, released into the, the, the system. Wow. That's, um, that's absolutely amazing. Um, I know that a lot of our listeners out there are very um, eco-minded and um, it, you should be complimented for what you're doing for the planet. Well, thank you. We, we try very hard. I, I, I think you more than try, you do it. Is is there anything I've forgotten to ask you about oil paints and walnut oil? I think a lot of people don't realize all manufacturers aren't the same and all manufacturers are not using the same products. We're wrong. one of, well, there's one other gentleman that uses 
a little bit of walnut oil in some of his whites because he understands the advantage of non-yellowing in the whites. If you think of walnut oil again, it's non-yellowing. It's uh, it's 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 a little slower drying. It's got that unique refractive index that we talked about, and then it's a great way to clean your brushes. Those are probably the four strongest points of walnut oil, even though it's a little more expensive. Um, there is one more thing. Um, I was just looking through my notes that might be of interest to add into your podcast here. It kind of goes into the question, does paint have a shelf life? It really doesn't if it's stored properly. And the the most difficult or hard thing on paint is to be exposed to excessive temperatures, either hot or cold. Excessive um, temperature variances will adversely affect the functionality and usability of a paint. And that's just not ours. That's everybody's. That includes your house paint that you buy at Lowe's or Home Depot. It's just temperature is hard on paint. Um, so excessive heat will cause your paint to separate. And we do get emails um, saying, you know, I've got some wallet oil at the top of my tube. You know, what do I do? Um, we don't use any fillers or, or bulking agents in our paint. So sometimes you can actually get a small amount of oil that when you first squeeze out of the tube, that will flow out. You can easily just squeeze that out, out of your palette with some extra paint, mix it back in. Um, however, if the tube has completely separated, so all you get is oil and all the pigment is down at the bottom, you're not going to be able to remix that. It's been exposed to you know excessive heat somewhere along the line, and we just recommend that you toss that tube and um, get a new one. However, there is a little trick that you can do to help the paint from separating. And so when you're squeezing out your paint, make sure that your paint is squeezed all the way to the very top of the tube before you screw the cap back on. So you don't want to leave any airspace. That'll help um, prevent that oil separation. Really, really good tip. And if our audience wants to learn more about M. Graham paints and all of the other products you have, where would they go to find that information? www.mgram.com. And then we also have um, social media, Facebook and Instagram pages. And Jeff, one of, you know, I might throw the, I might throw this out as if um, uh, I have, I answer all the phone calls from, for Graham paint. So if anybody has a, a technical question or just a concern or they want to learn a little more, anytime they want to call. Well, I can't thank you both, uh, Judy and Dan, for all of the information you gave us today. Uh, this is this is a, a course on oil painting that anyone out there that paints really needs to listen to. So thank you very much for all your time. I know we're going to be doing a, another podcast in the future, and we'll be talking about gouache and, and watercolors and, and acrylics. Uh, but for now, thank you very much for everything you've done today. Well, thank you, Jeff, for this opportunity. We really appreciate it, and we've enjoyed chatting with you as well. Thank you. You've been listening to Art Supply Insiders. Check back with us often as we talk about the world of art and craft supplies. If you like these podcasts, be sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast provider, and we'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a review. If you want to show your support, please do consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash Art Supply Insiders. Now go out and create something.